Here's my question today. What about my needs? Have you ever noticed that you've got needs? Uh, you're saying, well, I've got financial needs. I've got relationship needs. Uh, I've got problems here. I've got problems there. I have needs. And what about my needs? And who's going to sort them out? And maybe sometimes you're at home and you turn around to someone and say, hey, do you not know that I need something? You know, or maybe you go to the shop and someone goes, can I help you? Yes, you can help me. I've got some needs. And we go around life and we realize that there are problems. And the way to answer the problems is that we discover we've got a need and we need a solution. Otherwise, we will continue with the problem. Uh, sometimes if you discovered that someone will ask you for help and you tell them what they think they need to hear and then they'll turn around and say, you didn't need to say that. <laughs> they are not happy with your response. Uh, and you thought it was one question, but they expected a different response. I want to say to you that we do have needs. First Thessalonians teaches us that we are made up of three parts, body, soul, and spirit. And each one of those parts of us needs satisfied. In other words, there are needs there. And if we don't fill those needs, we will find ourselves empty. And empty is not a fun place. If you've been in your car and it gets empty, it's running out. You're not going to be driving it anymore. If you become empty, you're going to have to probably stay in bed or you're going to get sick because you cannot function anymore. If you have a bank balance that is beyond empty, <laughs> the phone a friend, you are in big trouble. There's only so much money that you can spend. Empty is no fun. And empty can be represented today by your needs. And so what are you going to do with your needs? And how do you satisfy your needs? What do you do with the needs that you have? Do you ask someone? Do you go to the gym? Do you get more money? Do you do this? Do you do that? I don't know. But the question is, what will you do with the needs that you have? Because each one of us have them. Here's what it says, Philippians 4. We're going to look at Philippians chapter 4 today. If you have your Bibles, uh, digital, Word, whatever you have, make sure to mark it because during the week you might say to yourself, oh, I don't know what to read, Philippians 4. We'll read the whole thing, Philippians 1, 2, 3, and 4. It'll not take you very long. But here's what it says in Philippians 4, verse 19. One that I'm sure you've heard many times before, but one that we're going to look at today. It says, and my God's, Paul writes, will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. What a promise. What a promise from God today that he will meet all of our needs. He will meet all of your needs. Have you noticed that your needs might be complicated? You can have complicated needs. It's like, oh, well, I need this, I need this, and I need them all in the right order. Uh, if I don't get A, B, and C, and then a wee bit of Z, it's just not going to work out. Or you find out you've got needs you didn't even know you needed. Or you find out that you had needs and you satisfied them with one thing, and then you find out that the need just got greater. Maybe, maybe you need to turn around to your neighbor and say, you're a bit complicated. You know what I mean? Maybe you tell someone you say, you're complicated. We have complicated needs. Come on, life is complicated. You are complicated. And sometimes we're not sure how to respond with someone. You ever notice how you say one thing to someone and you think it's going to encourage them, and then you just say, I wish you hadn't said that. And you're like, I didn't know. I was just trying to get it right. I was just trying to say hello. And they're like, I wish you wouldn't. Or, or, or it's, I, I wish you hadn't called. Or I wish you hadn't done that. Or I wish you hadn't said this. And we never knew because we just did what we always did. Maybe that's the response. I, I just always do this. This is who I am. This is what I do. And we get ourselves in trouble because our needs are complex. Sometimes it's like far too hot. And other times it's far too cold. Sometimes they need to go on a holiday. Sometimes they stay at home. Sometimes they need to buy a whole lot of things. Sometimes they need to save. Our needs are complicated. Sometimes they make no sense. Ever notice that? They just make no sense. But the question today is this, and we've said it already. How do you fill all those areas in your life? Every moment, every day, someone needs something. And in the minute someone needs something, you maybe need something. 
The minute someone says, uh, can you make me breakfast? Somebody else says, can you make me breakfast? The minute somebody says, can I have some money? Somebody else asks you for money. And then you go, what about money for me? <laughs> I got no money left. Uh, can somebody make me breakfast? Can someone help me? This is the world that we live in. It's needs-based. And the needs seem to get larger and larger and larger. I mean, two weeks ago, people didn't have needs that they have today in terms of flooding in their homes, in terms of, well, can I pay this bill? In terms of this issue or that issue. People have needs. And what are they going to do with them? The good news today is that God meets our needs. And so for us, what do we do when our needs get too much? Well, here's what I've discovered. If you have demand that's greater than supply, you're going to be in big trouble. If someone needs you more than you've got capacity for, then you are in big trouble. If you find yourself helping this person and that person and the next person and the next person, and you do not have supply coming in, well, it makes perfect sense. You're going to find yourself in a big mess, in a big mess. Now, is there hope in the midst of that mess? Absolutely, if you find Jesus. But if you continue to just try and find more things to fix, more things to fill the hole, more things to satisfy the needs, you're going to find yourself in a position that is broken, empty, and maybe even death. Death emotionally, death spiritually, and even death physically. Because if we don't have our needs satisfied, and I'm talking about necessities of life, not just the things that we have to have because we really, really want them that suddenly become our needs. I'm talking about basic needs in life that are body, soul, and spirit. And if we don't address them and we don't fill them, you know what's going to happen? We are going to look other places other than God. And maybe even today you don't realize it, but you are looking other places for your needs other than God. And the problem with looking other places is that they can never quite meet your demand. Ever notice that? It's like the more money you get, the more you're going to want to have. The better car you have, I wish I had two. You know, it's just like, I really like her, but I wish she was a wee bit different. You know, it's very hard to satisfy our demands and our needs, and it's very hard to distinguish our needs from our wants and our desires. In fact, they're almost so closely connected, you can't figure it out. And so today, what do we do with our needs? What do we do? How do we figure out what our needs are? Who do we turn to with our needs? What do we do with them? I want to encourage you that today we have to go to God. Otherwise, we will find ourselves a breaking point. Is, this, is there a solution? Well, we said God. But I think sometimes what we do in our mind is this. Well, if I had a bit more, then I'll be sorted. You know what I mean? If I had a bit more income, then everything would be okay. And then sure as it is, your car breaks down. And all the extra income has to go to that. Or some bill happens and all the extra income has to go to that. And so you say, well, do you know what? If I just had a bit more than I thought I needed, then I'd be okay. And then something else happens. Or if I just stayed really, really fit and healthy, then I'd be okay. But if you notice that at any moment you could get sick, I don't want to be a doomsday. I don't, I don't, I don't want to be a, a person that's bringing the negative in, but I'm bringing reality in. You could be super fit and su super healthy, and then a diagnosis comes. You could have everything lined up and just say, I've got all this, I've got all that, and then suddenly something takes place. What do you do with your needs? It's not always more. In fact, I believe that the solution to our needs are promises, promises from God. Here's what we learn from Genesis, is that in the midst of a wipe, wipeout, in the midst of a flood, in the midst of chaos, God sends help in a form of, of, of a bird that directs the men to land. 
And at the end, what's his promise? It's like a rainbow. Every time you see the rainbow, every time you see this in the sky, you will know, I will never wipe out my people again. It's done. So he's the God who says, I'll, I'll never change on this. And then you go up a tiny bit into Genesis, and you'll see story after story after story. And you might come to the story of Abraham and Isaac. This incredible story that God gives Abraham his beautiful son, Isaac. He'd waited all his life for him. He's 100 years old. And then at that moment, God says, you need to give Isaac to me. You're like, Lord, give Isaac to you, but you give Isaac to me. And God says, no, but you don't understand, Abraham. I, I've got to test you because you're not the father of one. You're the father of many nations, and I need to get your eyes on the prize here. And Abraham says, oh, Lord, what do you mean? Like, this is my son. I prayed for him. This is my son. No, no, you've got to lay your son down. And if you remember the story, Abraham goes all the way to lay Isaac on the altar, ties him up and all. Everything's ready to go, and the knife's ready to go. <laughs> and then suddenly God says, but there's a ram there I've provided. And he says, I'm the God who provides at all times and all ways. And over and over and over again, what we learn through the Old Testament is God's going to demonstrate, and he's going to teach, and he's going to show that he is the God that provides. He is the God who does not turn around on his people again. He is the God who brings breakthrough when it is needed. He is the God of Exodus that says, even when you come up a wall, up against the wall of sea, I will part the Red Sea so you can get through it. Even when you come up to a rock and you strike the rock and you realize that the water is not fit to eat, I will heal the water. And he declares himself Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. Church, I want to encourage you today. Everything that we have need of, God has it. Over and over again, he says, trust me and watch what I can do. And of course, we get to the New Testament. And what do we discover from the New Testament? Is that God not only promises, but he delivers. Jesus comes. His beloved son comes. And Jesus comes, and what does he do before he goes to the cross? He heals. He shows compassion. He shows grace on people. He forgives when they shouldn't be forgiven. He spares life when they should be condemned by the law of Moses. He does all the things that nobody thinks he's going to do. And he comes just like he says he would. And then he goes to the cross. He defeats death. He defeats sin. And he rises three days later. And he declares to us, you're going to do greater things than me. Isn't he the God that we can trust? Isn't he the God that we can count on over and over and over again? In fact, has he ever given you any room to doubt other than your own misunderstandings? No, I, I can't see it. Because over and over again, he keeps backing it up and he keeps proving it. And when the trouble was really on, he came himself. This is the God that we serve. And this is why he says, I am the God that can supply all of your needs. Will you let me? Will you let me supply all of your needs? You ever been in that predicament where you just know there's a good deal over here, but you've been so long in this place, you just don't want to go and get it? You know, I know I've always went to this guy. Oh, I've always done it this way. Come on, that's the old man talking or the old woman talking. If you've always done it that way and it doesn't work out, it's time to do it the new way, which could be different. Come on, God can supply all of your needs, but it comes down to, will you let him? Will you trust him? And if you don't trust them, well, then that's something you've got to work through. We come all the way to Philippians 4, and we read it again, verse 19. And my God will meet all of your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. It's a promise. And I want us to think about the promise just for a few moments. The first part, part of the promise is that it's wide. You ever notice that word all in the middle of it? That my God will supply all of your needs? It's one of those annoying words because it means everything. You're like, oh, well, God, I was just going to let you do a few things. Uh, I didn't want you in my relationships. I didn't really want you in my finance. Uh, I didn't really want you in this area of my life. 
but he just writes that little word all, and you're like, oh, <laughs> all. Like, what, what do you do with that? You can't Greek it or Hebrew it. It's just going to come back all. This is going to come back everything. I will supply everything. And so it's wide. There's nothing out of his grasp. There's nothing out of his sight. There's nothing that he can't provide. Now, is it in your time and or his? Possibly his and not yours. And that's where the frustration comes. And that's where we decide to do it different ways. The second thing is, it's personal. See, what I love what Paul writes here, he says, it's my God. This is not a God or a big God somewhere in the sky or, God, if you're really, really faithful, you'll come through for me. No, this is a personal friend. My God. My God. He's the God that we serve. He's the God that says, I will supply. And it's not just a way off in the distance or a, a politician or a person who's got a load of money and you're worried, will they give you the money in the end? No, this is your God, the personal God who comes close to you. In fact, he calls you friends. John tells us that no greater love than this than that he would lay down his life for his friends. Like this is the God that we serve, a God who calls us friends. He's my God. He's your God. It's controlled. Notice what it says. It says that it's not about luxuries. God's not going to give you luxuries, but he's going to give you every necessity that you need for life. Now, again, don't get confused because you could go, well, he'll just give me the bare minimum. You know, if I needed a pint, he'll probably give me 50B because he wants me to work for the last 50. Or, or, or if I needed like a, a bite to eat, he'll probably just give me a, a, a little bit or he won't want me to get too used to his supply, so he'll just cut off when at least expected. No. This is the God who, when we were in trouble, didn't send an angel or any old person. He sent Jesus. And when he died on the cross, he didn't die for a sum. He died for all. That word all again. Every person, the worst sinner to the best sinner, if there's such a thing, the, the baddest person to the best person. It doesn't matter if they would accept him or not. He died for all. That's very hard to get your head around. We tend to just do for people who like us or appreciate. If you don't appreciate me, I said I'm not doing it again. God could already see into the future. He already knew the shame. He already knew the mocking. He already knew the scorn. But it says that he took on our sin. What a weight to bear. Only the one who loves would do that. Only the one who cares. And so he is my God and he takes on my pain and he takes on my worry and he takes on my brokenness and my shame. And he's incredible. He says, I, I don't promise luxuries, but I'm pretty good at necessities. Trust me with that. And then the second part about control is that it's all done through Christ. It makes it really simple. You don't have to go somewhere else. You don't have to try and find this person and that person. And if you go around the corner here and you'll find him just right there. No, it's, it's Jesus. Find Jesus, find everything. Find Jesus, you've got it. Fourth thing is that he's generous. He's generous with his supplies. See, the thing I love about the Lord is that he's super generous. Again, you could say, well, it's just my necessities. It's just the basic things. No, no, it's more than just the basics. He never just gives basics. He gives you all that you need and more. He's generous with everything. He's super generous. And then the last part about this verse is that he's inspiring. Because whenever you see the Lord, you know what your response is? I want to worship him. Whenever you realize that he can supply all of your needs, whenever you realize that, man, why was I going anywhere else? Whenever you realize that he can give you everything you ever wanted and more, whenever you realize that he's got dreams untold for you, whenever you realize that it's not just a good word from him, but he's able to back up his word, you will find yourself in all of him, and you will find yourself worshiping, absolutely worshiping. You'll be like, God, there is no one like you. You're incredible in all your ways. And so what do you do with your needs? And it's important to ask this question. What do you do with your needs? I want to read Paul just as we're getting ready to finish. Verse 12 says this. Paul gives us a secret. 
He says, I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. See, Paul's trying to show us today, church, that he's been right a few corners. He's not just saying something for the sake of saying it. He's not just saying something that's good biblical thoughts or good biblical words. No, he's saying it from a life that's learned some things. He said, I've known what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I've learned the secret. I've learned the secret. I wonder what the secret is. I wonder what the secret is to your life. Is it just try and work it out? Is it just try and pray a bit harder? You know, is it, I've got a, I've got a friend, I know they're always going to pull me out. Is it, I'll turn here, I'll turn there, is I'll, I'll figure it out when I get there, or I'll go with the flow. What is your secret? Here's what Paul learned. My secret is this, verse 13, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Wow. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Now, this is probably one of the most abused verses in the whole Bible. We love this verse for things that we want to do. We don't really want to use this verse for anything that we don't want to do. It's like, uh, no, I don't feel like God wants me to do that. No, well, verse 13 says, I can do all things, although we work all, all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. What's Paul saying? When I've been in plenty, I could do it. When I've been in lack, I could do it. When I've been in prison, he was there for me. When I wasn't sure where to turn to, I could do it because God was with me. When I'm not sure how to make my payments, when I'm not sure how to make a decision, when I'm not sure what to do with my relationships, when I'm stuck in sin, when I'm stuck in trials, when I'm not sure what to do next, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things. You see, for us today, it might be a case of I need to realign back into the all things because I've been doing some things in my own strength. I've been doing some things through other people, but I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I'm going to get our worship team to come. We're going to finish off with a couple more thoughts, and then we're out of here. But for Paul, he had made it when he was hungry. He had made it when he was broken. If you remember the stories from Paul, he had been in cities and beaten for an inch of his life, thrown out of the city, and he comes right back in again because he says, I'm on a mission from God. I'm on a mission to go for God. I'm going to live for God. In prison, he was there. Money, when I had none, he was always there. Health, emotions, he was always there. Paul learned something incredible. I've become self-sufficient in Christ. I've become self-sufficient in Christ. Not in myself, not in what I can do, but in what he can do. If you read that whole chapter, here's what you discover about Paul. He's actually trying to get through a difficult uh, situation. And the situation is that people have blessed him. And he doesn't want anybody to take the glory of God. So he's like, I really thank you for the gift, but actually God's all that I need. I'm really appreciative of all that you've given me. And I really love that you're a generous people. That's what he writes to the Philippians. But I gotta, I gotta let you know that it's God who supplies my needs. Almost, almost seems strange, doesn't it? It's like if there's something free, go and take it. You know, if there's an option going and you, and you don't even need it, grab it. But no, but Paul says, he says, I, I love you, bless me. I'm so encouraged that you bless me. But I need you to know that I know what it is to be in plenty or lack. And the secret of my life is that Christ sustains me in everything. Come on, church, we're going to stand together. I want us to pray. See, to live the way of Jesus is incredibly radical. 
to live the way of Jesus is incredibly radical because what you say to yourself is, well, God, I'll give you all, but but those things I can't because those things are too much. Uh, That that person, I I just, I can't let it go. That situation, it just, you don't understand, Lord, it's been 50 years. I, I can't let it go. Ah, Lord, I, I can do all of this stuff, but that one wee thing, I, I just got to keep it for myself. You know, no, no. It's like, ah, no, but Lord, you don't understand. I got to spend the money on the gym. I got to spend the money on me. I got to buy those things. I got to have that lifestyle. I got to have the, it's just, it's just, it's just, it's what makes me tick. What if he made you tick? See, the truth is, it might make you tick at all. It might just tick you off. And that's why you keep using it. And that's why you keep doing it. Because an addiction or it's a necessity, or it's an idol. What does the Lord say? I will supply all of your necessities, all of your needs, all of the things that you require. I'm a good dad. I know everything you need of. See, he's the kind of dad where you go on holidays and you forgot to bring this, and he goes, oh, no, I've got it. It's in the back. Go into the boot, just on the right. It's there. Oh, I didn't know I was supposed to bring this. Sometimes you're invited to something, and then you didn't bring what you needed, and then you blame the person. You didn't tell me I needed to bring this. <laughs> Oh, sorry. I just thought an invitation would be okay. But we see, the Lord knows everything. He knows everything you need of, but it's what we seek Him for everything. You know, years ago, I remember meeting some of the guys, that, some of the missionaries that were off in South Africa when we first went to South Africa. And the thing that blew me away was they really took this to their hearts. Whenever they had an issue, they prayed about it. And I was like, wow, wow. You just didn't go and buy it or loan money or do this or do that. No, no, we prayed about it. Simple things, they prayed about it. And I came away from it shocked because I thought I had to figure it out. And then I realized some people had developed even more in the things of God than I had. And I was like, wow, okay, I'm going to remember that. So I'm going to pray about it. What does Galatians 5.16 says? It says, follow the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit. Live by the Spirit. Otherwise, you'll live in the flesh. And if you live in the flesh, you'll fulfill the desires and the plans and the needs of the flesh. Because the flesh has needs. Have you noticed that? Your flesh has needs. But here's what... Jesus said to do with the flesh. Crucify. Wow. Crucify the flesh. That's incredible. That's a radical, radical thought in the midst of a world that says it's all about you. My needs, my personal things. Or it says the flesh is going to take you out. The flesh is what's going to get you done. Crucify the flesh. Body, soul, spirit. Let the Lord fill every single one of them. A couple of verses to finish. Second Corinthians 98. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abide in every good work. This is in prison. This is in your worst days, your best days, the horrible days, the days you wish didn't happen. Every good thing. Romans eleven thirty three. Oh, how great are God's riches and wisdom and knowledge. How impossible it is for us to understand his decisions and his ways. I don't fully understand what God does. For who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who knows enough to give him advice? Another translation says, who's wise enough that they can counsel God? Come on, you may not understand what's going on, but you can see him all the way from Genesis to Revelation. You can trust him. You can trust him. You can trust him. And who has given him so much that he needs to pay it back? For everything comes from him and exists by his power and is intended for his glory. And glory to him forever and ever. Amen. Come on, we're going to pray. Let's pray together. Lord, I thank you for your goodness today. 
And I pray, Lord, that we would realize that you can do all things. Lord, let's not deviate to some other plan. Let's not grab some other person. All of my needs are met in him. Church, I pray today, if you've started to realize you've pinned your hopes on a prophetic word or on a person or an event or on finance or on a job or in a position, then you are going to be caught short because nothing can satisfy the needs, only Jesus. And so I want to realign you today. I want to pray. If you've begun to realize that you've put your needs into other things or other people, then it's time to take them back. We're to be there for each other, encourage each other. But my needs are fine in Jesus only. That's what Paul said. Church, I want to invite you to be bold today. If you realize that you have found your needs in someone else or other things, could we pray together? I want to give you an opportunity to lift your hand. I want to give you an opportunity because, you know, we can come to church and we can go through the motions and then we just go out and go, oh, that was really cool. But what if we come to church and we go out different, better, transformed, encouraged, repentant, convicted because the Lord spoke to our hearts. So I want to, I want to encourage you to do something. Would you raise your hand if you just felt the Lord speak to you today? We're going to pray together. Maybe you've realized you put your hopes in other things. Maybe you've realized that, you know what, I don't know if my hopes are in all of Him. I don't really think my needs are all in Him. Well, I want to pray today that we would realign. There's something about just being bold, lifting our hands, stepping out, saying yes, doing something. I mean, we'll have to do it to get saved. You have to do it to get married. You have to do it if you want to get picked on a team. But when we're in the presence of God, sometimes we can forget that we have to indicate. You have to make it known. So I wonder today, is the Lord speaking to your heart? You're going, I need to realign some things. I need to put my needs in Him. I need my needs to be only met in Him. Otherwise, I'm going to react, overreact get pulled down, get defeated. I want to put all in him. I want to put all in him. So that's our declaration. If you want to join me in this prayer, lift up your heart. Come on, I want to put all in him. I want to put all in him. I want to realize and recognize today, I want to put all in him. And so Lord, I thank you for those that are bold enough, brave enough, and vulnerable enough to say, okay, I need this, Lord. I need this. I thank you that you honor those who honor you. And so, Lord, I pray today that you would see our hearts to give you all. And you know how hard it is because there's so many options out there. But, Lord, I want to put my all in you. I want all of my needs met in you. In fact, I've realized today, Lord, I can't get my needs met, not even in my wife. You are the one who meets my needs. She couldn't carry that burden. I can't do it for anybody else. But the Lord can do it. Jesus can do it. And so Paul learned the secrets. I can do all things through Christ that gives me strength. Lord, I pray today that for all of us we would know I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Lord, bless every person, bless every home, challenge us forward, cause us to repent if needed, because the Lord is with us and for us. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Come on, we're going to sing I Belong to Jesus.